unpacking the many crises that shape who we are and what we believe in. This is Identity Crisis Collective with Chloe and Jake. Hello and welcome to the Identity Crisis Collective podcast. In this episode, we'll answer the simple question, which is what is going on at the moment in Melbourne? (laughs) Um, I've got a serious tone on because I think this is something that we can solve. I think we can uh, fix all the problems in the world and we can do this in a 25 to 30 minute long podcast. Yeah, just two white people. Talk about how to change the world. Yeah, because there hasn't been enough of us in the media in the last sort of oh, 48 honestly. to 72 hours. Get rid of us. That's... <laughs> okay, so context if you're listening to this in the distant future. Uh, today is Wednesday. It is the 22nd of September 2021. Uh, the big news story today is we here in um, Victoria, in Australia, had an earthquake. And not only do we have an earthquake, we had a magnitude 6 or 5.8 or something, depending on who you ask. Uh, earthquake, which basically never happens because Australia is one giant tectonic plate that doesn't have faults in it, except that it does. I learned that today. Um, but this thing happens like once every 50-something years. There's like a really big one, and this was like the really big one that we had. And Spooky. I, I've learned I have no idea what to do in case of an actual uh-huh. emergency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. what I thought I'd do was just stand up and try and ride it out like I'm on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And I did a very good job of that. But apparently that's not how you respond to an earthquake. No, I don't think so. I literally, I was just laying in my bed and I was like, you're supposed to get under things, but I don't want to get under the bed. Like, what if it crushes me? So I was like, oh, I'll just stay here. It's okay. <laughs> and the worst bit was, is I, st- I was standing up, I was in my study because I was working. I was at my desk, my desk that I could climb under. <laughs> which is one of the things that you're meant to do, either stand in a doorway (laughs) or get under something like a desk or a table. I was in front of a desk. So I'm a moron is what I've learned. And that's potentially the title for this episode. Um, This emergency WTF is going on edition of Identity Crisis Collective. (laughs) Literally. What is life? What the hell kind of apocalypse time zone have we like jumped into? So on top of... Different dimension. Different dimension. (laughs) Um, it's just, oh, it's insane. I just can't, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to segue between earthquakes, protests, there's, uh, ongoing stuff about vaccines and vaccine mandates and, and all that sort of fun stuff. There's just <laughs> so much, like COVID has become this all encompassing story and, yeah. uh, you know, it is what it is, but then we have an earthquake and I, I couldn't get any work done today. <laughs> I think this is potentially the least productive I've ever been. And I think it's that thing. And I've seen it. Uh, a few people who are smarter than me wrote it as uh, that thing you do when you're in, in school and there's like a dog loose in the school grounds and you're all like <laughs> told to stay indoors in case the dog for some reason, I don't know, runs out and bites you or something. And it's that sort of thing. It's like as soon as soon as soon as something like this happens and that it's novel because it is novel here, you know, if you're mm-hmm. in, you know, somewhere in... Where one of the big faults, if you're in the San Andreas Fault, for instance, in on probably don't want to be in the fault. Uh, but if you were, you know, you're in you're in the east coast, uh, you're in the west coast of the United States, for instance. Yeah, that sort of thing's really scary. But here, it's so novel that either uh-huh. you get really scared by it and like, oh, I don't know what to do. We're all gonna die, or you go down my path, which is <laughs> this is actually quite funny. I laughed. I laughed during an earthquake. <laughs> It's, it's it's not uh, me being badass. It's just I don't know how to react to situations like this. And 
All I'm yeah. saying is my therapist and I are going to have a really deep conversation about this <laughs> next Tuesday. Sounds incredible. I, yeah, no, I was literally terrified. I didn't know, like, what to do at all. And I was like, oh, this doesn't happen ever. But, like, at some point, should someone have told us what to do in an earthquake? <laughs> like, is that a thing that we should have been taught? Because I don't know what to do. I was like, I've seen, like, Americans go through an earthquake and they like get under a table but I wasn't near a table I was literally laying on my bed and I was like well if the ceiling falls in on me like do I just deal with it like do I just die like is that okay is everyone all right with that like what happens and it's funny because we've come in from a year where none of us knew what to do in a pandemic really none of us Mm -hmm. had this this prior experience of this life-changing you know massive event that's going on for now you know two years and now we have another disaster completely unrelated to anything. And we also have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. How feels- else does the universe <laughs> want to test us? Is all I'm Literally, saying. it feels all connected though. Like obviously they're like completely separate things, but like it feels like there's some juju in the air. They're like, listen up, Melbourne. You've messed up and we really we really need you to understand that. We need you to accept the consequences of your actions. I just want to know what it was. Like, I, I need to have a talk with, like, whoever, what universe being decided to do this to us. Like, let's just sit down and have a chat. Like, I just want to know. Best city in the world, though. Never live anywhere else. Still the best, best city on the planet. Yeah. Let's, like, also just go ahead and say that, like, how many people have moved out of Victoria is, like exponential and like honestly i'm joining them like i agree get the hell out of here it's awful yeah but you'll come back though yeah i guess well that's the thing is i'm like i i would live in literally any other country could i imagine living anywhere else in australia absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not not. sounds like uh, no not at all i love melbourne but i hate it right now you know the idea that like sydney just copies us everything we do but does it worse right Mm -hmm. Yes. We, they live rent free in our heads. Sydney lives rent free in <laughs> Melbourne's heads. True, it's so true. And the thing is, I, I'm not ashamed of saying that. We should we mm-hmm. should be empowered by that. And it's to simply say, how many people from New South Wales are more than happy to move to a better city in normal times? Yeah, people are going to move out mm-hmm. during a pandemic. Of course they are. That's yeah. natural and logical. If you can get away from a lockdown, if you can get away from, if you move back in with family because you've lost work or you've lost study opportunities, of course you're going to move back to where wherever you had come from prior to moving mm-hmm. to Melbourne. That makes sense. But there's all this freak out now about. Uh, this is a tangent, I know, but there's this freak out mm-hmm. about um, population data and the fact that you know we're going to our population is going to decrease so much, has decreased, and isn't really going to rebound, and there's going to be this long term effect. I'm certain though that the 20-somethings who moved away from regional Victoria to Melbourne or moved from Brisbane or Adelaide or Perth, those places, they're going to come back because the opportunities they moved for aren't going to suddenly appear in Melbourne. You're not going to suddenly have Melbourne University decamping and moving itself Mm. up to Brisbane where the weather's nicer. That isn't going to happen. I don't, I don't, Very true. But 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 yeah, it's a it's a uh, you know a, a best place in the world to have an earthquake, and <laughs> even our earthquakes are more cultured in Melbourne. <laughs> the only only, oh, pl- only so place true. really where there's been a huge amount of damage from what has been reported at, at this point at the time of recording was a burger shop in Chapel Street, and I just find that I think is is amazing. I think it's yeah, it's you peak know Melbourne. What? <laughs> it is, and it was uh, Betty's Burgers, and Betty's Burgers is like. 
not okay. Like someone needs to check on her because last time I went to a Betty's Burgers, the whole place was on fire and I was like waiting in line to get burgers. <laughs> and the lady was like, um, out, like everything's on fire. So we can't make burgers right now. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what? Okay, so the running theme then, apparently, and I've never heard of Betty's Burgers. I'm not cultured, right? I live in the Northwest. Um, so, so what you're suggesting then is that the future of burger chains in this city is really to not be prepared for any kind of emergency whatsoever. <laughs> That's exactly right. Especially ones like fire, which, let's be honest, they happen in hospitality. They happen in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what to do. We have absolutely no, no clue. We're the ones having an identity crisis. <laughs> nice callback. Literally, um, I love it. it. It really, if you're in, if you're in the restaurant business, check yourself. <laughs> check your fire plan. Check your earthquake Literally, plan. I don't take know. Care, just like take care of your people, guys. It's okay. Speaking of taking care of your people, let's talk about protests. <laughs> cool. I, that's fine. I didn't want to talk about volcanoes. It's cool. That's oh, fine. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's fine. About volcanoes. Okay, the only thing I learned, I'll just do it quickly because no one cares. Okay. Um, apparently, I some do. of the volcanoes that we have here, uh, and um, here I mean v- Victoria, Southeast Australia, um, only formed in the last 30,000 years, which basically doesn't happen elsewhere. They're all generally millions of years old, and we've got some that are, oh, but we have quite okay. a few that have formed only about 30,000 years ago, and no one quite knows how and why they formed. Uh, there's like two competing theories what? to do with... <laughs> The, the the sort of the tectonic plates and the I think the running theory seems to be that it collided with the plate uh, to the north of our tectonic plate, which is around Papua New Guinea, and that pushed the southern end of Australia up. Uh, but uh, no one re- like it's this it's, it's this sort of running thing at the moment where there are a whole bunch of academics. Um, I'll put links in the description to a little bit of light reading if you're interested. But basically, academics are trying to work out. No one quite knows. Australia's on acid, straight up. <laughs> like, Australia did drugs and was like, here you go. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? But what they, what this then means is because it's 30,000 years old, we pretty much can say that there were Indigenous peoples on this continent who got to watch volcanoes form. And that's kind of cool. That's tight, dude. I think that's cool. I want cool. to know them. That's so cool. I wish there was an interview of them being like, dude, this rock just like came out of the ground. <laughs> what the hell? And I'm sure that's exactly how they talk about it. <laughs> that is word for word. Word exactly for word. Exactly what they would have said. All right. Protests are a big thing. So the reason that if, if you're not aware, uh, there's been about, I think we're in our day three of these three days of protest that started uh, actually on Friday. Um, don't, don't, don't think about the maths. Um, <laughs> basically, what from the the reading that I've done, from what's being reported, essentially it started as a protest against the state government's restrictions in the construction industry. Uh, they brought in, they brought in a rule late last week, which was essentially that from I think Monday there'd be no access to tea rooms on construction sites, and essentially construction workers in Melbourne wouldn't be able to travel to regional Victoria. Uh, and work on regional building sites, and I think vice versa. Um, and this was met with opposition because naturally the workers want spaces where they can actually have time away from a building site, they can have their lunch and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside of that is we are in a pandemic where there's lots of aerosol transmission, and there was something, I think as of yesterday, there was something like 406 active cases in Victoria that had started and circulated in construction sites. So mm-hmm. the government goes and makes a decision which isn't popular 
Um, and there's a lot of anger, not only directed at the government, but gets directed at the construction union. So the CFMEU, among other things, one of their divisions is uh, the construction industry. They have a construction division. That's what the C stands for in CFMEU. Um, mm. And then that sort of spirals. And there's a number of reasons oh why that spiraled. And then really in this sort of lack of a, a, a leadership sort of vacuum that has happened... It's really been co-opted by this sort of far-right contingent and this anti-vax contingent Mm -hmm. to the point where now I think the bulk of the protests we're seeing today, and there was two days of this um, that sort of it really peaked yesterday, so it peaked on Tuesday um, to the point where they managed to, a crowd of maybe 2,000 at most, estimates vary of course, uh, managed to walk on top of the Westgate Bridge. So, uh, for context, it's like five lanes wide either side, 80 k's an hour of, of traffic usually, um, and it's a major freeway, major arterial bridge, oh, and yeah. there's a couple of hundred workers. Uh, workers. Some of them will work. Some of them were, and there are people with links to the the union and the industry. And there's plenty of others who had bought high vis jackets and had gone to op shops mm-hmm. and the like to find high vis jackets to yeah. fit in um, on top of the bridge. Um, I know someone who was driving a truck at that time who couldn't get onto the bridge. Um, and funnily enough, if you pull out a phone, uh, people will stop kicking your truck. Who would have thought it? Anyway, so <laughs> long story short, this has been basically dominant in the news. There's been like rolling coverage of it for three Ugh, days. Yes, there has. And it's driving me bananas. <laughs> uh, the thing that's frustrating is... To an extent, I understand it. So I understand the tea room thing. Uh, I don't agree, but I understand it. I understand why it's an issue to get annoyed about because the, the the argument of they're taking things from you, why aren't the people who are meant to represent me that I pay my dues towards, why aren't they standing mm-hmm. up for my rights? Because you know, union Fair. dues are, are a lot of money mm-hmm. and I think they're yeah. too high oh, yeah. and that's a whole separate argument, but <laughs> that's a whole thing. Um I'm, I'm trying to keep this focus. I'm struggling because um, it's just there is so much, right? But yeah, that what it initially stems from, I understand. Then what has then happened is the issue has then snowballed into this idea that the union uh, push uh, are supporting mandatory vaccinations because what then happened after Friday was the state government came out and announced that from I think the. I think it's next week. It's end of September. It'll be mandatory vaccines for anyone who's attending a construction site. So it's now turned into this issue about um, whether the union supports mandatory vaccination or not. And the unions officially don't, but haven't really they haven't really taken a stance. They've sat on the fence. Yeah. They haven't taken a pro or anti stance. It's they've they've actually and explicitly said we support freedom of choice. That's their language. That's a direct quote mm-hmm. from a number of statements they've had to put out in the last couple of days, as you'd understand. So yeah, which also like kind of means nothing. <laughs> it does, and 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 I'll come to that because I I've, we'll talk about this when it comes to mandates because I th- I think the freedom of choice as an argument is a really interesting one. Um. But anyway, so this has started as a as a thing about tea rooms. It's grown into this anti this sort of lack of support yeah. for slash anti vaccines, and then of mm-hmm. course you get the usual grifters, and I could name many of them if you have any idea about the sort of right wing to far right activity that happens in Melbourne. Some very well known names um, have all sort of taken the leadership. I think what was mm-hmm. interesting, and I'll I will stop talking, but what I found <laughs> really interesting yesterday, particularly, was how far they managed to get despite having zero sense of direction 
And that is in both in terms of they had no leadership, but really they got lost trying to walk to Parliament. And mm-hmm. Melbourne is a grid. If you're not familiar with Melbourne, the yeah. CBD is a grid. It is the most easy thing to navigate around. And these blokes, because I'll be honest, most of them weren't legitimate construction workers. They weren't being led by them anyway. They were being led by grifters. Um, had never worked on a building site in the CBD, which means they had no <laughs> sense of direction. And oh they managed to get onto the biggest bridge in the city. One of the probably, mm-hmm. I think it's the second biggest bridge in the country. I, they did so, like, from their point of view, they did a fantastic job. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Honestly. Like, it's the t- fact that you could put those two brain cells together and, like, rub know. them together to really create something good, like, congrats, honestly. It's just terrifying. And unfortunately, a lot of this has happened because the unions have not actually taken a position that is, co- like, a position that's consistent. And one that is actually workable. They haven't taken that. They've sat on the fence and they've allowed this stuff to stew. And there's reasons for it. And I'm trying to stop talking. So (laughs) (laughs) I will start talking. Me and Jake have quite different opinions on this whole shebang. I would probably say I would go ahead and estimate that Um, because I and not not because we're not on the same page with this. I think that both of us are on the same page of we enjoy protests we think that protests are extremely necessary in a lot of situations and maybe in this one like I don't know these people I don't know their lives I was pretty upset when I almost lost my job because I wasn't vaccinated yet but that's the thing is I was never planning on not getting vaccinated I just like hadn't done it yet and also because of the rollout was awful and there was no opportunity for me to get vaccinated yet so how do you, like, how do you expect me to still earn an income and, like, have a job when you're making it mandatory for me to be vaccinated but not also not allowing me to be vaccinated? I don't really super get that. Yeah. But um, I love, like, protests are so necessary. And something that I don't – I guess I don't care. <laughs> I don't know how to, like, word this any other way. But, like, all over Instagram, all over Facebook, all over everything is about the protests and blah, blah, blah. Fun fact, I don't care about your opinion and you don't care about mine. So why am I talking? <laughs> You've just like, undermined our entire <laughs> Our entire, episode. this entire thing. I know. Entire concept. the thing is like every single person on Instagram stories on whatever is posting about it. And like, unless you're someone with like some kind of foot in some kind of door, I don't really care. And just stop. Like, I understand, like, you think that these people are idiots and that's totally fine. Firstly, my opinion is you do not know them and you do not know their circumstances. I'm sure that there's a whole bunch of idiots. Also, because I know that there's tons, hella tons of neo-Nazis that are just joining in because they feel like it. Like, they just feel like causing havoc that day, right? But there's, I'm sure there's also tons of small business owners that are just like, trying like just trying to stay afloat and like live their life and that's how I've always felt about every protest that has gone on in Melbourne anti-vax anti-lockdown whatever like sometimes people are just trying to support their families and they're just not able to because the government isn't doing their job and that sucks like it really sucks and it sucks that that gets mixed in with dumb people who are violent who are you know doing X, Y, Z and just doing it for the wrong reasons. And that, it sucks, but at the same time, does that make it not necessary for those people? Like, it absolutely is. But if you're not offering people, and this is the thing that you said, which I think is extremely poignant, is if you're not actually offering, giving people an avenue to go and get vaccinated, mm-hmm. you, a mandate, I, I'm, I, I think mandates are good. I think they're needed. But I also think that 
they if you're from a, a union point of view, I think you need to be using that to say, okay, well, hang on. We need to actually have a structured program to allow people to get mm-hmm. vaccinated. Um, yeah, We've exactly. got a lot of young people and under 40s have only really in the last couple of months had access to a vaccine. So we're going to have a lot of our workforce haven't had that opportunity. Plenty of the workforce will have, but a massive chunk won't have. Um, and yeah. the early take-up of vaccines among under 40s, generally speaking, were women. The rollout was a shambles and continues to be a shambles. Now that we have supply, now that it's accessible, I have less sympathy for that. But as a union, you should be going and saying, okay, we want all of our members to be safe at work. That's the number one priority. That's entirely our purpose, is to stand mm-hmm. by the rights of our workers and to make sure they're safe. There's a reason construction workers are paid well. There's a reason construction unions are strong. And that is because they have to go through some really shite conditions. And yeah. their safety is at risk pretty much every day because of the work they do. So yeah. how can we reduce that risk? Well, one of the things in a pandemic is to get vaccinated. So you then need to be saying things like, okay, how are we going to allow people to do this and take time off work? Uh, apparently yeah. one of the pushes was for three days leave for each vaccine dose, which makes sense in that there are side effects yeah. to vaccines. Absolutely. And I think that's reasonable. Leading on that front foot and going, okay, vaccines are important. It's our way out of this. It's going to make sure that you keep your job. Because now there's been a mandate. The government has set that, not the union. As the union, why are you not saying then, okay, this is this decision's been made, whether we like it or not. Here's how we mitigate that scenario and keep yeah. you safe and keep you employed. Yeah. But there hasn't been that leadership. And there's, again, multiple reasons for that. Um, some really good articles, again, I'll leave in the show notes because I think it's beyond, um, how do I phrase this? It's probably beyond the scope of this episode to go really deep into those issues. But I'll say this, you're talking about the types of people who are attending these protests. There is an overlap. It's not three distinct groups. There's three distinct groups, but there are people that overlap into each of those groups. Mm-hmm. and. Maybe you're not going to mitigate the anti-vax part of people, but for people who are on the fence or people who are like, well, yeah, I want to go and get vaccinated, but I don't have a time because I'm being worked to death, mm-hmm. you know, Fair. things like that. There should be conditions for that. There should be... That's the push I would be making. And I think you can't... And I've said this with policing throughout this whole pandemic. You can't give people the stick, the stick, the stick, the stick, and then give mm-hmm. them the carrot. You have to go the other way around. You actually have to give people an avenue. You actually have to give them hope. There hasn't been any of that and no wonder we're at a point where there is that much stress. And I'm not saying we should blindly give people hope either. That's not a, you know, oh, we can, if we all get vaccinated, we'll be fine. Well, no, there's going to be concessions for at least six months, right? This roadmap Mm -hmm. is pretty conservative, you know, and that's, I think, probably... super conservative. It's super conservative. (laughs) It's probably a good thing. Like, I think it's better than... it's better to be more conservative than not when it comes to health. I don't have that issue with that. Yeah, yeah. I also, I, I get annoyed by certain things, but... I've accepted that this is where we're going as long as we do it in a, a safe as way as possible. And this is part of that. Um, they've also now, as of uh, today, announcing that vaccines will be mandatory for teachers and workers in early childhood education as well. So essentially, this is going to start happening, I think, industry by industry. Whether they do it yeah. to every industry, I don't know. Um, but it will happen one of t- it'll happen in two ways. It'll happen on an industry by industry basis, but it'll happen by an employer basis as well as you've seen chloe because you've had you've, you've been in that scenario where your employer yeah. said either yeah. you get vaccinated or you don't have a job yeah it sucked <laughs> that's that's the thing this is like i suppose like because i had that experience that was like 
where my opinion is coming from. It's like having that experience of like panicking. Like the government has not only taken away my ability to earn money the full year of last year and this one because of lockdowns, but also now that I like once lockdown is over and whatever, once I'm like able to work, I won't be allowed to because then I have to get vaccinated. (laughs) And it's just like, it just felt like punch after punch after punch. And this was also like, so I work with like NDIS and aged care. That's like the kind of scope that I work in. And I was told that it was mandatory by the 15th of September, right? I had an appointment booked in for like October 20 or something like that, but that was obviously not going to be okay. And I couldn't just lose out on like a month's pay for no reason. Um, So I was sitting in my car by myself for a full like two hours, just trying to find anywhere that had available appointments. And it took me so long. And also like another thing of like the government just like not caring is the websites are not super easy to just like, oh, I'll just click on this. No, I'll just go back and I'll click on this and blah, blah, blah. Like you have to go through all of these steps each and every single time you want to even just look at an appointment that it's like takes a ridiculous amount of time and it like took so much energy and I was having like genuinely for two hours I was having a full panic attack like while doing that and I'm like we love to talk about mental health statistics like here's a mental health statistic right now like I'm having a panic attack in my car for two hours because I don't know if I'm gonna have an income or not and that's really scary and it's not I don't think that it's okay or appropriate to the for the government to put people in a position like that. Like maybe that's just me like leading off of emotion and being like, I'm selfish, which I am. And like people are, that's the thing. And the government's selfish. And like all of these tradies and all of these neo-Nazis and everyone, like we're all selfish. We all want things for selfish reasons, but it, it just like, it felt like, ouch. Like it felt like no one cared about me, you know? Yeah. And I think, when you're in that casual employment, and I've been a casual, you know, I, uh, it's, you don't, there's no concession for leave. There's nothing. No. And th- I think with the two groups of people who've probably been treated the worst throughout this entire pandemic are casual workers and people who are unemployed. Mm-hmm. The, the lack of concession for um, the, the, the fact that all of a sudden there are no jobs in hospitality, the entire sector is decimated for now two years, really. Um, people in arts, people in those precarious industries already now have no, definitely no stable employment and many of them were already casual so they didn't have leave, they didn't have ways Mm -hmm. of mitigating those scenarios and yes, we all have to compromise and we all have to sacrifice and blah, 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 blah. But if you (laughs) don't want to. (laughs) Well, you don't want to but also you should, there's an extent to which you shouldn't have to and I don't think it's, I don't think it's reasonable that you should have to sacrifice your well-being. And by that, I mean, I don't think you should have to starve to death because you can't get a job or because your existing yeah. job is made redundant by a pandemic. Not because yeah. your job isn't needed by society anymore, but because we have a pandemic and it's not safe. And mm-hmm. you cannot keep people safe and compliant with all the rules and restrictions if you don't give them a financial means to get out of it. You're going to have to kids. You're going to have people right. who don't care. And I, you have to understand that and you have to factor that into any response of a, to a disaster like this, right? 
But you, at the same time, you have to give people a means to support themselves. People mm-hmm. won't break the rules to go to work to feed themselves if they don't have to. No one willingly, yeah. most, okay, it's probably going to be somewhat statistically, right? People willingly do not go out and do things like that if they don't have any other choices, right? Yeah. So I, I empathize a lot with that position. And I also empathize with the fact that, um, among other things, and this is a complete tangent, but how many GP clinics have vaccine appointments open, but you have to ring them? You can't go through their online booking systems. You have to give them yeah. a phone call. I don't understand that. I think it's completely antiquated. And I say that as someone whose doctor clinic um, the, was closed throughout the, pretty much the last two or three months because the store next door to it burnt down. Um, so I'm used to inconveniences from the health system. Um, I mean, these things happen. It's no one's fault, right? But uh, I know I'm used to that. I don't think it's reasonable that under 40 should have to make a phone call for anything, let alone for a doctor's appointment when you, ha- when you have the infrastructure already there for normal appointments. That yeah. I find ridiculous. I also, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you went, okay, I need to do something fast because, you know, this deadline's approaching. I can't get an appointment. So you broke your foot and then you can't work anyway. I think that's really smart. <laughs> All right, so my takeaway from this episode is we're tired of everything. Um, We don't know what's going on, and I lied. We don't know how to fix all the problems in the world. (laughs) Not at all. Um, My takeaway is that I would like to check in my ticket for another dimension now. (laughs) If anyone is listening, I do have a ticket. I paid pre-release i know but i really i need to get out of here thank elon, you very elon much. musk uh, and the spacex team if you're oh, listening at chloe honestly. j pod on the socials is where you can send us your unsolicited offers for space fun times that's what I'm. i have it. no money i have zero dollars i've no but like i i'm fun sometimes to be around <laughs> Notice how we've only ever done this podcast in isolation, in lockdown, <laughs> not in the same room. Factual! It's because I'm annoying. I don't know if you guys noticed. <laughs> I'm very annoying. I'm unpleasant, to say the least. We're descending into madness. I've been Jake. I've been Chloe. And we will see you next time on Identity Crisis Collective. Bye. Bye!